0: Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali BBQ and Cali BBQ Media. In life, in the restaurant business and in the new creator economy, we learn through lessons and stories. Today, I have a very special guest. I am in Los Angeles with none other than L- L.A. Tour. not only are you on the cover, but what's more impressive to me is that you actually wrote the story that is inside of this magazine. Lin it's a pleasure. Thank you for having us.
1: Aw, thank you for being here. Such a delight.
0: This is super exciting. We're at All Day Baby, so we're on Sunset Boulevard. The sun has just come up. We have the Hollywood sign in the background. And we're here to talk about lessons and stories about the restaurant business. Uh, We're grateful to toast toast is a primary technology partner, not only at our restaurants, but also at your restaurants. They give us this platform, this stage to share stories with entrepreneurs that are doing things differently. This is a very hard business. And the reason that we do this show is to share the secrets that you shared in this story. Can you start by telling us the, the love letter that you wrote about being a restaurateur? What'd you write in here?
1: I mean, I think I wrote about how that it was work. <laughs> <laughs> it was work.
0: It Restaurant was work. love
1: um, requires a lot of work and a lot of love. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a challenging article to write because I I think we wanted to me and the editor of Edible LA we wanted to have a premise of joy um, attached to it. And, you know, my relationship with joy, especially in the last four years, um, navigating the pandemic with my team, it's, uh, it's really gone up and down and I've learned a lot of lessons about um, how much to work and how much of it can really kind of actually negate, you know, your love for, for your job.
0: In the article, you write about tears of joy. And I think <laughs> that anybody that listens to this If you're a restaurateur, if you dream of becoming a restaurateur, we dream of that day one, you know, and I mean, day one, not pre opening and, you know, thinking about opening up the restaurant, but actual day one of when it's go time and now the cash register can actually ring. The point of sale can actually start taking some, some money. You talked about the tears of joy of, of just gratitude. Yes. You know, of that champagne, that toast to the team. Can you bring us back to that moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at the time I wasn't even prone to tears of joy. Um, it just wasn't a part of my emotional acumen at the time. So to, to be affected um, in that manner was, was new to me. And I remember I highlighted three things, but one for sure was go time. I wanted to gather my staff. Do a little champagne toast, and I—I I couldn't even get the words out. There was nothing that I could do or say to maintain composure, and I think someone else had to step in for me. And we just clinked. I just swallowed the champagne and the tears back, and um, I've since now gotten sort of—I'm a little bit more in touch with um, my own emotions. I'm very—I'm like an empath, so I think I'm—I'm I'm great, and I—and I. And I I'm geared towards service and taking care of others because i have I have such deep like manifestation of others' feelings, but for me, I'm generally late to my feelings um, so yeah it's it's been an extraordinary journey, even just understanding how joy can can look
0: well, what I appreciate so much about reading that you know prior to coming up here, I was so excited to come and interview you but I hadn't read the article. And when I read the article, it really hit home why we put this show on. You know, the first guest that we ever had on Restaurant Influencers was Sam the Cooking Guy. And Sam the Cooking Guy is this prolific mentor of mine. He's an incredible storyteller. He's a YouTuber with over 3 million followers on YouTube. He makes incredible cookbooks. He shares all of himself. He teaches people how to cook. But he opened up a restaurant. And I remember going to Not Not Tacos before he was opening and he was on Instagram live, connecting with his community, but then he had to pause. And he didn't cry, but he choked up. Yes. And I think that moment that you share about Mm -hmm. your story and Sam's moment and my moment of thinking back when I opened up our first restaurant in 2008, it's a very emotional place because it's all your hopes all your dreams and you still don't know if it's going to work
1: you don't <laughs> and then you know you're looking at your team maybe you know some of them maybe yeah. you just met them the other day and you know and they've they're trusting in you that you know this this job is going to work out this yeah. job is going to sustain their life and then those doors open and then you you're just hoping for <laughs> strangers to come in yeah. and then it's just the most bewildering experience that it's not like people that love you, people that support you coming through the doors but it's just like names you don't know and like how in the world did they make this decision to come yeah. all the way out to this area of town to enjoy food that they don't know anything about
0: Can you bring us back to the financial aspect you said in the article you raised $750,000 yes. and this is a show for entrepreneur people that have a dream Sometimes most entrepreneurs aren't able to finance that dream. Mm. Some people are. A lot of people have to ask for money. How right. is asking for money?
1: It's, it's a humbling experience. You know, I raised 750000 for our first restaurant and $1.25 for the restaurant we're at right now. Wow. And it's, you know, and, and now when, when peers or restaurant hopefuls ask me about, how to do that? I, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know how I it. I mean, I I literally say you need to think about any single person that has possibly ever cared about you. Yes. Hopefully, they have deeper pockets than yourself, and really make the case as to why they should give this money to you. Because in many ways, you can tell them about the concept. You can tell them why you think it's going to work. This is the five-year plan, etc. Ultimately. An investor is investing in you Yeah. and they need to believe that you're the kind of human that's going to see this through to the best of her capabilities.
0: When did you find your truth so that you could actually close that investor? What do you did mean? Did you get rejected at oh, first? Oh yeah. Um, do you remember any of the rejections?
1: Absolutely. Um, Honestly, a lot of women rejected me.
0: Really? (laughs) Um,
1: It's not that I had a lot of people to ask. I mean, I really, you know, I was so new in the game. You know, we always talk about, my chef partner and I, we always talk about we were just two nobodies like hoping to open a great restaurant. Um, But I remember, you know, we would take the time, create these dinners. Uh, go to these people's homes, um, beautiful, gorgeous homes, a home I'll never own, you know, and, and really doing our best to showcase what our future will hopefully look like. And, you know, they think about it. They have to think about their finances. Are they thinking of investing $25,000, 50000 maybe 100000 And then ultimately, they're like, this food's good, but I don't think I believe in this location. Or I don't think, you know, this state, tartar is chopped correctly I mean there I I remember absolutely really small at the time quite painful details yeah. but I try to focus on you know the nine that really did give us the money I remember feeling really stuck I was talking to someone last night at an event I remember I had raised whatever 750 minus 220 is I had yeah. raised that and then I was stuck on this 220k and it's it, and it's just it it sort of swallows you up whole and you can't you cannot think about anything else but how are you going to raise this in time you're in the middle of construction yeah you have an opening date in mind rent is starting to sort of collect yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um this one was even harder this and one
0: what happened how did you, get, how did you get, No, how did you get over the line how did you get the 220
1: you truly so the first step is obviously asking anybody who's ever attempted to care about you, yeah. the next step is to ask them again and ask them about other people that they can think of and to constantly go through the layers. And eventually I got there and, um, you know, a group of people that I didn't know um, ended up investing that whole chunk of 220 Amazing. Yes.
0: So when you open up the first restaurant, I think, you know, one of the powerful things for me is getting in a position to talk to someone like you that's not only opened one, but you've opened two. Bring me through that process of going from one to two.
1: I feel like most folks thought and assumed it was easier, you know, like. Uh,
0: <laughs> you figured out how to do one, two's got to yeah, be easier, right? Yeah, you know,
1: and um, we'd already had like, quote unquote, one success story. So why wouldn't anybody just immediately throw cash at us for a second uh, opportunity and a second vision? But um no, it was challenging. It was in many ways harder. I think one, I was still in running the other restaurant, and it is a full-time job trying to raise money. Yeah, and to you, know, I remember we captured the space, signed the lease, began construction, and you're sort of just going along these two roads at the same time. You're running this place, yes. You're trying to you know, be frugal and, and think about the correct choices for construction. But in the meantime, it will get solved if you don't raise more money. So it was, it was incredibly difficult. And, and unlike the first place, I, I have three times, four times the number of investors here. I have almost, almost 30.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So, but that was, that was amazing where I would get one person, they would then ask their best friend from high school if they would invest, and then they would ask somebody else. So it's 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 a really incredible collection of people. I have women investors in this yeah. restaurant. I have it's it's a very diverse group too. I even have, you know, a girlfriend from college, she studied writing with me in school, and and she was like, This is all I can give, but you know, I believe in you and I believe in this cause. I had a woman that I had bought a chandelier from her for our first restaurant. It was like one of three splurge items. Her name is Heather Levine. And she's just an incredibly talented ceramicist here in Los Angeles. And when it came time to think about opening and raising money for All Day Baby, I approached her and she's like, you know, I've been so lucky in my life, you know, with my my career. I want to give it to someone. I want to give some piece of this to to someone that is also trying to find her truth and her art. So she asked her boyfriend, she asked her best friend, best friend asked her sister. So you know, together, the four of them created a $100,000 investment.
0: That's amazing. Tell me more about why you spend so much time with your new nonprofit that you co-founded for women.
1: I spend a lot of time with regarding her because it's, It's important to me to see other restaurateurs that happen to be women um, also being amplified, being on the cover of magazines, being in talks just like this. I think it's kind of, I don't know what it is. You know, I've been on the other side of it. I've been in media in my life too. And it really does kind of come naturally to think about The heavy hitters the stars who's gonna get those web page clicks who's gonna get you know cross your video threshold of a hundred thousand views or whatever it is and you mostly kind of think of men i don't know if it's a it's a voice thing or you know they've just had more success and and i certainly understand um the appeal of that and what i love about regarding her is I'm trying to forge true connections and learn these individual stories and do my best to provide a platform where we can celebrate those women. So now, I think it's three years, three years since wow. the founding of Regarding Her. It's so wonderful to see them headlining panels. You know, and uh, or being in the or being incredible presences on social media. Like it's not really my forte. Like I don't know how to self tape. I don't know how to like do a reel. What are you talking about? No, I really don't. Come
0: on. I I truly don't. You have you have a great Instagram presence.
1: I have a good voice, but as I'm told by young people, I do Instagram (laughs) all wrong. I write long captions. I I, I do feed those. I
0: disagree. You. (laughs) We've we've been doing this show and what we what we teach anybody that's that's in, in in a leadership position and we believe that if you're in hospitality every voice matters. So it doesn't matter what position you're in, you are in a leadership position, but you post. You do things that most restaurant owners don't do. Yeah. So give yourself some credit. Some Absolutely.
1: Grace. But I don't do movement like video is not, not my it's not a it doesn't give me joy it does. that's well, for sure So then,
0: definitely, <laughs> you don't need to do it. but writing does
1: yes writing gives me writing is a way that i choose to express and yep. can express but it's been amazing to see you know women that we gave like ten thousand dollar grants to you know at the onset of the pandemic and you know i recently came across this young woman named naomi she owns a restaurant with her family she started out when she was 20 years old wow. younger you know wow. just like handing out catering flyers in her high school and getting caught and going to the principal's office and the other day I saw her on Instagram and like she was cutting a ribbon for her second location she was gorgeous on videos like moving around I I was so impressed to see how much she has grown even in such a short amount of time
0: when you think about social media specifically for your restaurants what kind of impact has it made for you
1: I think it's been a, a lifeline, like we needed this outlet to, to tell people we exist. And, you know, and I think it's a challenge, especially these days and algorithms we don't understand um, to create that following. And all I know best to do is to showcase the talents of my team. And, you know, we opened three months before the pandemic. And after that was when we had to create Um, activations and you know and find ways to best appeal to an individual at home told to stay home but wants to support small business they have a million choices literally here in LA you know so what is it going to take to get them to choose to come to us and Instagram was our way Yeah, you know it was the way we created regarding her it is the current I wake up every morning I think I'm, I'm thinking about Instagram <laughs> <laughs> you know but it's it's easy it comes naturally when I have other things to talk about at this restaurant I have a I have a great new mocktail that yes. you're gonna love you know a new dish that chef has been working on um, even just a story of like our guests coming in and not that I'm out there trying to post about new babies, but like I'm thinking about it. Like yep. I got to hold a new baby the other day awesome. who is as old as the new revamped dinner menu. Like I was holding this child, Henry, and I was like, you were born a couple days after we relaunched the menu. Yeah. You're as old as the menu. <laughs> yes. um, so these are all things you know that I've collected over time and I won't ever forget because you, you cannot take any guest for granted that they, no. they made an option to come and see you.
0: When you think about the future of restaurants and restaurateurs that are you know, getting into this game or wanting to improve the game, what, what we are so grateful that Toast does for our barbecue restaurants is what we call digital hospitality. You know, Hospitality in real life is making a memorable moment, but in order for those memorable moments to happen, you've got to have the right technology partner that can help you do that. Can you talk about when did you find out about Toast and why did you switch?
1: Yes, I think it was 2018. Um, my staff and I, at here's looking at you, were suffering through an old POS that I won't name. <laughs> it, you know, time is, time is precious, you know, and in, re- in the restaurant world, guests to team member, and food, and it being the temperature it needs to be, all of those things are so valuable and actually not that forgiving. And I was struggling to make the former POS work on my side. <laughs> it was slow, you yes. guys. And and it was difficult to uh, troubleshoot. It was difficult to find someone for help. And I wasn't even thinking about optimization and an actual like efficiency and all of that. A friend who has a restaurant here in Silver Lake, um, they were using Toast. Yeah. So I set up a meeting. I have still the best sales person, jessica kasmirski
0: jessica <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. she's from the midwest okay fantastic. um
1: she's wonderful and she's got a top level position now but she yeah. still answers my emails and you know <laughs> s- awesome. sometimes it's about the person yes you know a lot product. of times
0: it is about the person and the
1: i you know i really believe in someone being able to authentically present to you what your life could look like if yeah. you use this product. Anyway, so Jessica's amazing. Um, and I just remember onboarding this and and it changed our lives instantly. Yeah. And it's been wonderful to watch in the last five years how Toast has um, continued to elevate their game. I loved how they just like humbly always had a Toast takeout program and yes. when t- 2020 hit, Jessica was just like, oh, we have this. And by the way, it doesn't really cost anything else like just you turn it on basically and um i love i got addicted actually to the little dinging sound when like an order would come in from online (laughs) you know the tickets would come up i loved being able to have you know a visual of of a guest first and last name like you know, there's a guest that ordered religiously several times a week, tons of things. I was like bereft one time that I left his key lime pie out of his order. And, and this guest is specific to All Day Baby. And it was funny that when I launched or announced on social media um, a GoFundMe campaign to help, to attempt to raise $100,000 to reopen the other restaurant, This guy, who I knew from his breakfast orders, when he donated $1,000, Wow. I mean, I I didn't actually understand why. Because, you know, I know him from here. I didn't actually know him there. And then as the story continues, I learned that he was a writer that was recently on strike. Wow. I've found him on Instagram. We follow each other now. And I do now see him at the, I figured out who his partner was, who also did her own ordering. And it's just, And again, it all started with that first and last name information, you know, that Toast provides for us on on a single ticket.
0: It's amazing when you understand, when you have two different locations and back to people invest in you. So they know, the more that they know your story, the more that they're willing to go, oh, well, I didn't know your other restaurant was struggling. I would love to support you because I believe in you no matter where you open up your restaurants. Right that's very powerful uh when you look at the future of what's happening with events Mm. you know we we look at our restaurant as if we're every day that we're open is an event (laughs) today is an event like we have cameras here we're rolling we're filming for toast and for entrepreneur you do events very uniquely how did those come about and what kind of advice do you have for anyone that's looking to do an event within a restaurant space
1: oh gosh i love events and you know it kind of came about by necessity you know we just had to find ways to differentiate our restaurant from other restaurants i think you're absolutely right every day it's a miracle that we can even open and close without uh, hopefully less than five emergencies and <laughs> and you know and oftentimes restaurant work is repetitive you're you're actually trying to master one way Events are the exact opposite. You're trying to do something super special and super unique to this particular day and time. And we here at All Day Baby needed to do things differently. And we've kind of been doing this from the beginning. You know, when, you're, when you don't have, I guess, something like a pandemic to make you think differently, yeah. You know, I I was just like any other restaurant tour. I was like, oh, I'm not the chef. I live in the background. I just want to do things normal and like pray that I can even get there. And when 2020 came, we were just like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's just try anything. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll do biscuit windows. We'll do cocktails to go. We'll we'll host a drag. We hosted a drag queen bingo night. I remember nice. like just a week before. Mm-hmm. You know, we opened and we hadn't really done anything well at night yet. And that was one of our first attempts. And I mean, we just wanna have fun. Like mastering repetition in your work is fantastic and yeah. really rewarding and an, and an achievement in itself. But sometimes when you collectively do something sort of spontaneous, it's, um, it's, it's really it's really meaningful. And we all needed to kind of come back and get together. So recently at All Day Baby, we've we've been hosting tons of events. I hosted Food Trivia Night. Tonight. Tell me about
0: Food Trivia Night.
1: Food Trivia Night. It is... I, I had this idea earlier this year that... I thought, wouldn't it be great if we got a room full of food fanatics and restaurant fanatics? Because there must be a lot of them. Because you know it's they're all be. reading Eater and LA Times food articles. And I was like, what if we got them all together in a room where they could, only, they could answer trivia questions that were exclusively about food and the LA restaurant world? And that... That is my passion. That's kind of how I got into this whole predicament as it is. <laughs> and So what I do is I write 25 trivia questions and the answers, of course. Um, we, we set up a microphone, all of that. I get a really compelling Co host to host the night with me. Some I choose a new Very one. compelling co host. Yeah, Can so, you name you know, drop some co hosts? Well, so my first one, I was like, I got really nervous, as anyone does when they're planning a party. This is like, takes you back to being young and like having a birthday party. And you're like, is anyone gonna come? <laughs> so I was like, okay, if we're gonna launch Food Trivia Night, I need to have the most kick ass co hosts, yes. at least to like kickstart this. So, uh, a longtime guest of ours. She's an actress uh, called Kiernan Shipka. You you know her best as uh, from from Mad Men when she was little. Wow. She's bigger now, and like um, I've watched her come of age and actually being of age to drink alcohol at, from both restaurants, and so who knows why I'm even on text message with her, but I texted her <laughs> and I was like, Hey girl, do you mind doing me this favor? And she was like, yeah, babe. Yeah. What's that? Let's do this. And she was so good. I mean, yeah. she's so engaging. Um, we had, we had people choosing the names of their teams. The winning team that night was called let us turn up the beat um, as in all those vegetables. And it's, it's fantastic. There's a prize attached. You can, you can, you can kind of like at the end it's very similar to jeopardy where you can wager all of your points none of your points and and take home take it home or lose it all um so yeah we've we've been hosting many of them well what
0: other names have you had
1: well, let's see well i love hosting with other food folks yeah. um so valerie gordon um is my co-host tonight and she owns a really well beloved um chocolate company called Valerie Confections. So she's coming in. She's one of my, my regarding her sisters as well. Awesome. Um, we've had writers because they've been on strike as well. So Zach Bornstein, who has an incredible following on Twitter. um, he's one of the writers for shrinking and he, uh, very famously (laughs) in his own writer's room, um, he would just talk about Aldi baby, like all the time. And his teammates were like, you know bro like wh- is there ever going to be a day that you don't talk about all day baby so they keep a tally in the writer's room no way it's blank number of days zach has mentioned all day baby and the time that i saw the photo bits of it's at zero like like he talks about all day Baby all the time and he was uh, so funny and there was like a very controversial question that i had written that night um about nancy silverton and uh to me you know they're all It's just like basic knowledge coming out of my head. So I don't think that the questions are hard, but apparently they are kind of hard. And I wrote, um, you know, fish. It was a fill-in-the-blank question. I said, fish is to a sushi chef as blank is to Nancy Silverton. And to me, I know that there is an obvious answer to this. She spoke about it on the Chef's Table episode that she appeared on. And anyway... Um, Zach, my co-hosts are always in charge of reading all the question and yeah. answers after each round and they're themed. Um, he read it off and the correct answer is mozzarella or cheese. And the whole room just erupts and they're like, no, it's bread, bread. And like the whole, I don't know if, if the guest started it or Zach started it. I got, I got a a, a roaring boo from this audience. Oh, really? It was. Hilarious. In your I've, own nev- I've never been booed in my life, and it was hilarious. Nice. Um, but I was right. It is cheese. She doesn't even eat bread, you guys. I mean, wow. she was she was iconic in the bread making world back in the day. But yeah. So
0: for somebody that's thinking about doing it, give us some quick tips and tricks of like hosting an event. Yeah, hosting an event in the restaurant.
1: Oh, I mean, well, it needs to just be something one that makes sense for yep. your brand. Like, um, it' a little bit different. Like it needs to be, like the formula needs to be there. We, you know, I, I'm not gonna host, like for example, sports, right? Yep. I'm not a sports gal. Yeah. And we have TVs here at the bar here at All Day Baby. And I'll, we would love people to come and watch sports yep. on them. But because it's just like not my beat, yep. I've struggled with figuring out a way to activate that. Yep. So I'm going to lean into my own. It's
0: great advice. My own
1: talents. Yeah. You know, my last night somebody asked me on a panel about uh, liquor and cocktails.
0: Yeah.
1: And like why, how is it that, you know, some restaurants do really well at their liquor programs and um, others actually don't have it. So, you know, there were a few members of the panel that were like, yeah, liquor sales are not that big of a deal at our restaurant. And then it came to me and I was like, Oh, well, we love liquor at our restaurants, and we love liquor because I have the most talented bar directors at my restaurants, and they make things fun, and you know, and it, and and they're different and they're unusual, and they they literally light people's faces up. And George, my bar director here at All Day Baby, he used to work at here. Is looking at you, you know. He has uh, among the hardest tasks there is. You know, there was somebody else on the panel last night again that talked about like how opening up for lunch wasn't worth it anymore. You know, you're just like slinging iced teas all day. Yes. And this restaurant, it's breakfast and lunch. And most, most, in most of its life, it's, it's been that, you know, we, we're doing our best right now to amplify nighttime, but, um, George has been successful in bringing back all day drinking, day drinking,
0: day day drinking, you know,
1: and, and, and really also amplifying non-alcoholics. Like his mocktail program is really phenomenal. And, um, and, and special in its own right, you know? And, and the beautiful, like you see them saying I remember even writing about this in my business plan. I was like, it's gonna be the kind of place that elicits joy and you're walking around with a boozy milkshake and people are gonna point at it and be like, I need that. And this is, it, it literally manifested itself, so.
0: That's super cool. So every single week on uh, multiple apps, but the most important thing is we're trying to build a community. So if you're listening to this show, if you're watching this show, your story matters. Um, No matter where you are in the hospitality space on the content creation journey, uh, if you want to join our community, send me a direct message on Instagram at Sean P. Welchef. We do live events on LinkedIn and we do live events on Clubhouse. Um, But I would love for you to come on stage, share your story uh, and meet the community. And we also do social shout outs this week. Social shout out goes to Barry Schuster. Barry Schuster is from Restaurant Startup and Growth magazine. Um, Barry's allowed me to share stories in his magazine. And uh, that reminded me of this. Anybody you would like to shout out one person on entrepreneur. I know it's hard. You want to shout out the whole team. Give me one person,
1: one person, an entrepreneur, one human.
0: One human that's helped you on your journey.
1: Oh, that's helped me on my journey. Um, Sorry, I didn't have one in my back pocket. There, there really are so many. Um,
0: one person that you'd love to send this to. Is a, I really is love... A, is a thank you.
1: Yeah, I, I mentioned him in my article here. Um, there's a man that's so special to me named Patrick Q. And he currently is a restaurant manager. Uh, at a steakhouse in Manhattan Beach, but for almost two decades he was the restaurant critic for Los Angeles magazine. When he decided to leave that post, the first project that he embarked on was a book project. Um, He was asked by the publisher Simon & Schuster to contribute to the Masters um, of Work kind of collection of books that they have and they're all like different professions and mm-hmm. so he was asked to write a book called Becoming a Um and he asked me to be the subject of it so wow. he followed me around for a year and I didn't really know why or <laughs> why, why he would select s- someone as sort of small you know we were such a small restaurant at the time and um, and you know he named all of those chapters all of these different roles that one plays to become a restaurateur and I was just like I'd never been able to put words to what I do yeah. and especially what, what we all know the proverbial hats that we all wear yeah. and he was able to name all five hats some of the five hats that I wear and um, you know we talked about tears of joy earlier I remember you know really seeing this book and being so moved that someone would take the time to take have the hospitality to observe me that closely And be able to um, share my story with others so patrick is truly an amazing individual i'm lucky to know
0: so one of the things i'd like to end with is in this hospitality business it's in our dna to take care of people we take care of our staff we take care of our community we take care of our village very rarely do we take care of ourselves Um, do you have any advice for what you've learned and what you were able to share not only in this article but what What you go out and you teach other entrepreneurs
1: it's so vital it's you know i spent many years kind of thinking i didn't need that you know it was so much more important and impactful to me to take care of others but when i started to not recognize myself and have almost like an incapacity to take care of others well i i really had to come and look back and, and and really see where I went wrong here. I, w- I was truly surprised. And maybe others might be surprised too. And you know, I got some great advice from someone that said, just try to do one thing for yourself, just for you. And just maybe do it in the morning and get it over with. Yeah. Like, if it's that hard for you to do something for yourself, just, just find 10 minutes, 20 minutes to do something for yourself in the morning that is truly for you. Yeah. Um, and from there build, like I'm, I need to be very structured and organized in my life because it's so chaotic, which is meaning I'm telling the audience that I'm still improving because it's, (laughs) it's, it's it's truly a mess. And, um, but I've gotten better, you know, week to week at building just a little bit more structure to, to better take care of myself. And the payoff is strong. Like I wouldn't have even thought of those events if I hadn't actually started doing these tiny little things for myself Wow. because it. I suddenly was creative like I don't even think of I think of my bar directors as creative my chefs are certainly the most creative and I I never thought I thought about I was like the logistics lady you know but it turns out I need a lot of creativity to sort of maintain the life of the restaurants and um doing these little tiny bits of self-love acts um and you guys I just mean like taking a walk going outside for some sunshine and just like staring at the squirrels. And like, it's very small things that you can do for big rewards. Um, so I was able to really find my, my voice and my creative voice.
0: It's amazing. So if you guys want to get in touch with me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, please reach out. S H A W N P W A L C H E F. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to connect with you. People want to get in touch with you. If they want to come enjoy the restaurants, what's, uh, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, my personal Instagram is Lynn T. Gray. It's L-I-E-N-T-I-G-R-E. All Day Baby LA is this restaurant. And here's looking at you LA is our flagship restaurant in we Koreatown. Will,
0: we will put links into the show notes. And when someone comes to All Day Baby, what do they order?
1: Well, if they're like <laughs> no one me, to pick one thing. yeah, I know. I mean, if they're like me, they're probably eating the breakfast burrito the most. But there is a sandwich uh, named after me. It's the LT's hot catfish sandwich. So okay. that one's an excellent choice as well. But make sure to make sure to get to, get a michelada or an ADB painkiller. Okay. Yeah. ADB. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys. As always, stay curious, get involved and don't be afraid to ask for help. Thank you for listening to Restaurant Influencers. The best way that you can help us with the show is to subscribe and write a review. We love the opportunity to connect with you no matter where you are on the globe, no matter what restaurant you are running. Please send us a DM on social at Sean P. Walchef. If you are interested in toast, if you want to improve your digital hospitality, please send me a DM. I will get you in touch with a local toast representative. We appreciate you listening to this show. The best way that you can help the show is share it with a friend and we will catch you all next week or we will see you on one of the digital playgrounds that we call social media.